Can we give a hand to the band tonight? We are so blessed to be uh, led by such incredible musicians who clearly love Jesus with all of their heart. So, hey, we, first of all, give yourselves a hand for being here tonight, huh? Those sidewalks are a little slick out there. Careful on your walk home, or your drive home, for that matter. All semester long, we have been studying Hebrews chapter 11, a chapter telling stories of some heroes of faith. In fact, the word faith occurs in this chapter 25 different times. And Hebrews 11 actually starts by defining what faith is. Hebrews 11 starts by saying this, Faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. The Hebrew word for faith is emunah. Say emunah. Emunah. Faith or believe or trust. And emunah is not just something that you believe in your head. It's not just an intellectual agreement to certain beliefs but it's an unwavering that is backed by action. Emunah requires action. And the people in Hebrews 11 all put their faith into action. And that's what we've been hearing again and again and again. By faith, this person did this. And by faith, this person did this. And by faith, this person did this. All of these people demonstrated emunah. They demonstrated their faith being put into action. And as we have looked at all of these stories week after week after week, telling of God's faithfulness in the lives of these other people who have gone before us, our hope is that for us, for you, that you would hear these stories and say, okay, if God can do that for them, then he might be able to provide for me in this situation. Our hope this semester is that you demonstrate some emunah, and that you begin to put some of your faith into action. Just this past week, there's a student that stopped in the campus ministry office, and he signed up for a spring break trip. And uh, he said to me right after he did that, he said, I have no idea how I'm going to pay for this. I have never taken a step of faith like this before. But then the conversation was, but if God can provide for the people of Hebrews 11, then I think God might be able to provide for the spring break trip. Come on now. That's what I'm talking about. That is what the goal is for us this semester, that we will say, okay, if this is true for them, then what does that mean for me and my life today? Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not yet seen including spring break money or whatever it is that you think God might be encouraging you to take this next step of faith in your journey. And every step of faith, no matter if it seems like a big step or a small step, every step is an important step. Every step matters. Every step of faith is a big deal. They say faith is like a muscle. The more you exercise it, the bigger it gets. So keep taking steps of faith and trusting that God is going to take care of your needs. This semester we have had, as we've been studying Hebrews 11, we've been blessed with having some campus ministry interns come and recite 
part of the story for us. And tonight what we want to do is we want to put the whole story together, okay? So tonight we're going to invite all of the interns to come on up. You guys can go ahead and start making your way up here right now. And we are going to hear the stories that we have heard all semester long again tonight from them. So let's give these guys a hand, shall we? Yeah, right on the, the top step here. Not quite the stage, but on the top step, that would be helpful. That's on now. Okay, so when they are done, just listen carefully. You don't have to follow along. Just close your Bibles. If you have a Bible open, just go ahead and close it. Just listen. Just listen to these stories. And while they share these stories, there will be a few pictures up on the screen as, as well. Hopefully that will help spark some. Oh, yeah, we talked about this story this semester for you if you were here that week. And then at the very end, when Riley is done, then we want to invite all of you to say the words that we have heard every week throughout the semester, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Make sense? All right. Rachel Katika, go ahead and get us started. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was created at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. He was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks today, even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from his life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anybody who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned of things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became the heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place that he was to receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. Now all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. Now people who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. And by faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. 
He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. And so, in a manner of speaking, God did receive Isaac. Abraham received Isaac back from death. By faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw that he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, after he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with God's people rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who was invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the application of the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, and when the Egyptians tried to do so, they drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. And by faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed in the spies and was not killed with those who were disobedient. And what more shall I say? For I do not have time to tell you about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets. Who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised. Who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword. Whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle to defeat foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured and refused to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging, while still others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and ill-treated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith, yet they did not receive what had been promised, since God had something better planned, that only together with us would they be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's give these guys a hand. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud 
of witnesses. Let us run the race with perseverance. Run the race with perseverance. Who here has run in a race before? Go ahead and raise your hand. Anybody done this before? Man, we got some runners in here. I love that. Uh, Some of you, like our friend Kendra, who shared her story tonight, some of you ran the Grand Rapids full marathon or the half marathon this past fall. And as a community, as a campus ministry community, we partnered with Team World Vision, and we raised over $13,000 to help kids in Africa have access to clean water. Isn't that amazing? That is a reason to get up and go for a run, if you ask me. Also, our friend Scott Stark uh, ran the full marathon, his first and maybe only marathon of his life. But he did a great job, and it was so fun to cheer him on. And our friend Caitlin happened to capture this video from a distance. So enjoy this for a moment. So there was a a community of us campus ministry folks that were gathered on the corner. This was the home stretch. Uh, And there comes Scott in the distance. And we were all like, yeah, it's Scott. We can't wait. Uh, So excited for him to cross that finish line. It was an amazing, amazing thing. Uh, In 2009, Stacy and I ran the 25K Riverbank Run uh, along with our friend Becca. So we decided let's train together We'll run the race together, and we're just going to finish together. We don't really care about who's faster or anything like that. We're just going to run together. So we did. But our friend Becca just crashed at about mile 12 of 15. And she just did not want to go another step. She didn't want to run anymore. She just, she just couldn't do it. She literally said to me, I just want to lay down and quit. And we said to her, no, you can't quit. We are going to finish this thing together. And we kept encouraging her along the way. There was a point literally where she's running in front of me and I am pushing her on her back to keep her going in the right direction. And we did that for probably a mile. And at this point, our pace was so slow that I think Stacy and I could have just started walking. But it didn't matter because for us, we were like, we are going to finish this race together. And those last three miles, they were brutal. I'm not going to lie. It was, it was challenging for me to be like, okay, just swallow your pride and it's going to be okay. We're just going to finish this thing together. And then we turned a corner. It ended up being the last corner. And we got about a quarter mile straight shot down. And there are hundreds and hundreds of fans just screaming their bloody heads off. And I'm like looking around, and all of a sudden I realize that our friend Becca is no longer to be a found. And I'm like, shoot, did I pass her? No, Becca's way ahead of me. It's like she had some sort of boosters or something like that and just took off, and I could barely catch her. What? Was it the boosters? Did she have boosters? No. It was the fans 
the fans, the screaming with all of their very fans lined up along the streets, that somehow hearing their voices and shouting encouraged her enough to dig deep and say, I'm going to keep going and I'm going to finish this race and I'm going to run the race with perseverance. And so the three of us crossed that finish line together. And we got our participation medals. We took pictures to prove it. We uh, met up with family and friends, and we ate some food, and we changed our clothes. We just kind of, you know, hung out for a while. About an hour later, and mind you, we weren't really running very fast, but about an hour later, Stacey and I decided to walk back to our car. And that's when I realized the race was still going on. There were people that were still running the race. The hundreds and hundreds of people that were cheering, gone. Except there were a couple of people that were still standing on that corner. I saw this guy down in the distance. He literally had hiking boots and a big hiking backpack on. And he would run 10 steps and then walk 20. And run 10 steps and walk 20. And I thought, well, that's odd, but maybe he's like preparing for the Appalachian Trail or something like that. I don't know. Um, But then there's these two ladies that were standing on that corner, just like that last turn where Becca turned the boosters on because there were all the fans. There's only two ladies that were still left standing there. And they were shouting at the top of their lungs. Come on, Courtney! Come on! You can do it! We believe in you! And Stacey and I were like, we don't even see anybody. What's happening right now? But then, as I kept looking in the distance, because I'm like, I've got to see what's happening right here. These two ladies are cheering with everything they've got, and it looks to me like it's nothing. But it's got to be something. And sure enough, here comes Courtney coming over a little hill, way down in the horizon. And these ladies are cheering with everything they've got. Courtney was just a little bit overweight. But she's going to run, and she's going to keep going. And and they just kept cheering and cheering and shouting. And Stacey and I are like, we don't have anywhere we have to be right now other than right here. And so we stopped right there, and with tears coming down our faces, we were cheering on Courtney, some lady we had never met before, with everything we had as well. Keep running. You can do it, Courtney. In this Christian life, it is a race. The Bible describes it as a race. And I think this is what we are called to do. Come on, Rachel. Come on, Luke. You can do it, Emily. Keep running. Keep going. I believe in you. We're going to finish this thing together. But this Christian race, it's hard. It's hard. And it's long. And it's extremely painful at times. And sometimes you hit mile 12, or maybe your friend hits mile 12, and all you want to do is just lay down and quit. 
I don't want to go another step. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't think it's going to be worth it. We are called to keep cheering each other on. I find it so ironic that Christians are notorious, I think, for tearing each other down. Have a reputation of judging other people. And we maybe boast and pride ourselves and we're faster or we're better or we're more spiritual than somebody else. And we're tearing them, other people down around us. Instead of saying, hey, come on. I know it's hard, but I'm just going to run the race with you. I'll even go your pace. We'll do a couple miles together. I'll even push you in your back for just a little while. Can we do that instead? Can we do that instead of saying, I'm better than you, I'm faster than you, I'm more spiritual than you? We need to keep cheering each other on. Paul says this in Acts chapter 20. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Whatever it takes, give it everything you've got. Keep running. Finish the race. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, a great crowd of fans, if you will. These verses come after Hebrews 11 that mentions all the great heroes of faith. These are the crowd of fans, I think. I like to think that, they, that all the people of faith who have gone before us, all the people of faith who have gone before us, they are the great cloud of witnesses. They are the people who have already finished the race. People like Enoch and Noah and Abraham and Isaac and Joseph and Moses and Joshua and Gideon and David and Samuel and the prophets like Elijah and Isaiah and the other people that maybe we know that have already finished the race, like my grandpa or maybe your aunt or maybe your grandma or your mom or your dad. Keep going. I like to picture that these people are standing at the finish line, cheering their bloody heads off. Come on. Come on, Rachel. Keep running. You can do it. And if I cross that finish line before you do, not because I'm better or faster, just because I'm old, older, bet that I'll be cheering you on with everything I've got. Keep going. Run the race with perseverance. And I promise you, the reward at the end will be much, much greater than some silly participation medal. It will be worth it. And on that day, we will be able to say these words from 2 Timothy chapter 4. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. The emunah, if you will. Friends, I would love to end tonight by saying these words from Hebrews chapter 12 together 
one more time. And I would love for there to be a spirit in this room tonight of, can we say it with like some passion and we're like actually cheering each other on when we say these words? Can we do that? Can we do that? All right, let's do that. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Amen? Amen. Amen. Please, please pray with me. Father, we give you thanks for you are good. You have declared your glory among us this semester. We have heard and told and witnessed stories of your faithfulness, either in the lives of the people who have gone before us or in the lives of people in this community. And we are so, so, so grateful that we get to run a race together in community. And I pray, God, that you will help me be a better cheerleader. Help me cheer these friends on better, to keep going, to keep running with perseverance. I pray, God, that you will help us as a community to keep our eyes fixed on you at all times, including Christmas break when it's so easy to get relaxed and when we're not surrounded by a tight community day after day after day. Help us to keep our eyes fixed on you. We are so grateful for the heroes of faith who have gone before us, for those who have crossed the finish line. I pray, God, that you will help us run with everything we've got. Help us pass the baton to the next generation as well. We are so grateful for this community, for a great semester, for the well, for your word, and for worship. Thank you, Jesus. And we give you and you alone all the glory forever and ever. Amen.